want the lab. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We want the lab. We want the lab. And, um... <laughs> so, I mean, this next part's gonna fucking kind of sound kind of bad. On my part. Would you snitch? Oh, for sure I did, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going back to prison. Right. I'm not going back to prison. <laughs> okay? Fuck. Listen. Fuck these motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Fuck these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? That's right. my attitude. Right. I'm not going back to prison for these motherfuckers that I don't even know. Right. You know what I mean? So they're like, we want the lab, we want the lab. I'm like, all right. So this dude's the mastermind, I told him. You know what I mean? This dude's the fucking mastermind. I threw Buddy under the bus. I'm sorry, Buddy. <laughs> if you ever watch this, I'm fucking sorry. His name is Buddy? No, his name's not Buddy. Oh, okay. I'm fucking sorry, dude. I apologize. But I wasn't going back to prison. I apologize. Yeah, my bad. Um, who was the... who? It wasn't the Secret Service, though, that grabbed you. It was no, the, this was the Miami Financial Crimes Unit. So it hadn't... I was like, is this federal? That's the first thing I asked him. I was like, is this federal? He's like, no, it's not federal. I was like, okay, now I got some wiggle room. Then I knew I had some wiggle room. You know what I mean? Because if it's federal, you're fucking, you're done. They're just going to indict you, and then you can cooperate. And, and you're still going to prison. You're still going to prison. Yeah, so if it was federal, I was gonna be like, you know what? Let's go right now. Right. Because it would have done me no good to fucking, to do anything. But it was it was local. So I knew I had some wiggle room. Mm. You know, you can, you can, you can work with them. So I gave him the dude's fucking address, and then the dude fucking calls me while they're there. All this is happening. This this was just they just just the wrong fucking day, dude. Yeah, the wrong day. The dude calls me because we were waiting on the embosser to come in, and I was because the lab was at his house. Because I was like, that's what I told the dude. I was like, dude, I'm not setting all this shit up. I got my fucking probation officer comes over here. Right. Right. She's going to come in here and see what, ask me questions about all this equipment. I'm not even supposed to have a fucking laptop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Fuck. Right. So we had all this shit set up at his house. He calls me while they're there. I had to put it on a fucking speakerphone. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking to me. And he's like, you know, did it show up? I'm like, yeah, it's here. He's like, uh, come drop it off now. I'm like, ah, I can't really do that. And they're like, they're both like, fuck. I'm like, all right, where do you want to meet at? So he's had me meet, meet him at this fucking, uh, I don't remember what it was, like a Publix or something like that. And he's like, oh, we got we to gotta mic you up. We got to mic you up. I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, Listen, I'm not wearing a wire, man. What the fuck are you guys talking about? You know what I mean? Like, He's like, no, 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 it's not like the movies. You know what I mean? They brought me like a fucking pager. And the pager was like a listening device. It was like a microphone. <clears throat> And I had to fucking wear it in my pocket when I went and dropped the fucking the thing off to him. Yeah. So I drive. So I meet the dude at Publix. I drop the fucking. Um. I drop. This is this whole story is wild. I drop the fucking. I drop the um the thing off with him. I wear the fucking listening device once again, dude. I'm sorry. I wear the fucking listening device. You know what I mean? I'm fucking such a piece of shit for this, dude. I, I I'm hundred percent. But I'm not going back to prison. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Fuck that. I'm not going back to prison. Right. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, I had to wear the listening device on Buddy and then fucking... Meet at Publix. Meet at Publix. I dropped it off. I met with him. Uh, I drove somewhere and then one of the one of the two dudes that were there met me there. They followed um, him to his house and then called in fucking reinforcements and they fucking raided his house. And found all the equipment. 
everything. Mm. They found all the equipment. So he was like, um, he's like, all right. He's like, you can go. The dude at the thing, he's like, you can go. I was like, all right. He let you walk. He let me walk. But he's like, we'll be in contact with you. And he's like, you know, we have to, we have to report this to your probation officer. We have to. It's by law. We have to. Right. So I was like, well, all right, fuck. I'm on, I'm running. You know what I mean? Because now I got, I got a little while to get to my, back to my fucking apartment, pack a bag and get the fuck out of Dodge. You know what I mean? You're going to get a probation violation. 1,000 percent I'm going to get a probation violation. Yeah. So even if the state says, even the state says we won't, okay, we're not going to charge them. I was engaging in illegal activity, which is clearly a fucking violation of the rules of my fucking conduct, my probation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Clearly, they don't want me fucking printing credit cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my apartment. Or attempting, or hand. They can. They can. Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna violate you for any, something like that. They're gonna violate you for anything. Right. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So I take off. I go back to my 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 little apartment I had. Um, and at this time, I we hadn't even started making any money yet. At this time, like I was still fucking working at the warehouse. I still really didn't have shit. Yeah, a little bit of money because I was doing, um, we were making cards, so I was going out and doing a little bit of store carding and shit, you know what I mean, just to have a few dollars yeah. here and there because mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing bad, dude. Right, I was right. doing fucking bad. I went, I went up to the used car lot at the end, at the end of the street and got a fucking old uh, 2003 Cadillac fucking uh, 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 DHS or some shit like that. I mean, it was fucked. It wasn't, you know, my former glory, but I was trying to get back to my former glory you know what I mean? you ever see that fucking movie kingpin and captured him they say we have no proof that he was arrested but they say they arrested him this guy was able to do all of that and he came back would not a had a place. He was able. He, he was able to be taken in alive. I mean, it's a miracle how they did it, because you know normally they kill and they shoot you seventy. They shoot you seven hundred times. Kill just kill just over. They overkill, but somehow. They managed to have restraint. They figured it out. They preserved life. Nobody got shot. They gave the suspect multiple opportunities to kill them. The suspect even warned them, hey, I'm capable of killing you. I said, I'll kill you. They gave him opportunities to kill him because you know how they say, oh, you got a split second to respond and you got to do what you got to do, you know, because we're trying to make it back home. Well, they actually gave the suspect opportunities to not allow them to make it back home. I mean, they gave him that. And they got through it anyway. It was absolutely incredible to watch them work. I mean, like, man, this is this is textbook police work right here. I mean, this is top-notch academy. Damn. 
maybe they can teach the other cops, the white cops specifically, because the black cops don't go around gunning down black folks or any folks. Uh, somehow the black people, the black cops, don't just go around killing unarmed people. Somehow the black cops, maybe the black cops get trained at a different academy. I don't know. It's some, I can't put my hand on it. But the data is not coming back right. What's up, Thomas said? Yeah, the data, it's just, it's something they figured out, man. They, they, they had it right. Uh, kudos to their teachers, their instructors, uh, and them for uh, following uh, following their training. Like, man, they did that. It was absolutely unbelievable. So we're going to talk about that in about 30 minutes. We're going to talk about that on Willie D. Live channel. You don't want to miss it, fam. I'm going all the way in. All the way in. I'm just getting warmed up right now. I'm just getting warmed up. So 30 minutes, fam. Give me 30 minutes. I'm going to be on the Willie D Live channel. If you're on YouTube right now, I mean, if you're on uh, Facebook, you can click the link in the description and um, it'll take you to the Willie D Live channel on YouTube and you can just uh, click that button and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. You want to make sure you get all of. You want to make sure you get all of your um, your notifications when you when you subscribe. Make sure you select all notifications. Otherwise, you may not get any. The only notifications you're gonna get from me is when I drop a new video. That's it. I don't send out notifications for nothing else. So, click that bell and select all notifications. Otherwise, you may not get any. James, who is this? James Martin. Appreciate you, James Martin. Yeah. So, fam. Get your comments ready. It's about to go down. 30 minutes. It's about to go down on the Willie D Live channel on YouTube, all right? Until then, fam, no more talk. This, I'm getting information from Pop's criminal attorney, and he's in communication with LAPD and the detectives out there. It's definitely way, way closer than it was a couple of months ago. Justice will definitely be served. And, well, Stephen Victor was right. Because in the early morning of July 9th, 2020, the LAPD arrested five suspects on warrants related to Pop Smoke's case. The five suspects were 18-year-old Keandre D. Rogers, 
21-year-old Jaquan Murphy, 19-year-old Corey Walker, and two other juveniles whose names were not made public due to them being minors at the time of the arrest. Various media outlets reported that the LAPD solved this case the old-fashioned way by going door-to-door interviewing everyday civilians in hopes that they saw or knew any inside information that they've not yet heard. They also went and obtained security camera footage from neighbors and nearby businesses, which played a big role in tracing the suspects back to Hoover Street in South Central Los Angeles. Upon arresting and interrogating the suspects, the LAPD retracted their first theory of this being a targeted hit and changed it to a robbery gone bad. It was also noted that authorities think that the social media posts made by Pop Smoke, revealing the address and expensive purchases, are what inspired the unfortunate events to take place. The LAPD also suspects that those involved in Pop Smoke's case were also involved in another case, dating back to September 14, 2019, which resulted in the death of 18-year-old Cameron Stone at the Rose Bowl parking lot in Pasadena, California. The three adult suspects are currently still in custody and are each being held on a $1 million bail. This is overall an incredibly sad situation. The world lost an extremely talented artist, all because a few criminals thought that they could come up on a successful rapper visiting their city. Pop Smoke was only 20 years old at the time of his passing, and had such a bright future in front of him. His posthumous album, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, with over 250,000 sales in the first week. This goes to show you how much people adored Pop Smoke and his music, and it's such a shame that his posthumous album will be his first and also his last album. While we'll never get to see what Pop Smoke would have become in the next few years, it's at least nice to see that those who caused his tragedy will be brought to justice and will hopefully spend the rest of their lives behind bars. And I really appreciate the LAPD for all the work they put in to make this happen. If you enjoyed this video explaining how the LAPD solved Pop Smoke's case, then feel free to leave a like down below. Also, if you're interested in seeing more content just like this, press the subscribe button as well as the notification bell to be notified whenever we upload. Also, if anyone has any interesting topics that they would want to see covered on this channel, then comment down below and I'll take a look into them. That's all I have for today. I'm out.
in terms of the severity of penalty, possession would be the least serious narcotic offense. Then would come possession for sales of narcotics would be more serious. Then actual sales of narcotics and finally trafficking of narcotics. And in essence, the penalties go up like steps uh, with each level of narcotics possession. Nevada narcotics laws are actually the harshest in the country. And even sale of a small quantity of narcotics can subject an individual to substantial periods of incarceration. As a matter of fact, under the Nevada trafficking law, sale of more than 28 grams of a controlled narcotic can subject an individual to life in prison upon conviction. Uh, although the, the statutes are broken up into uh, possession, uh, possession for sale, sale of narcotics, and trafficking laws, uh, because uh, the amounts in, uh, to be considered trafficking in Nevada are so low, as a matter of fact, four grams or higher can, can constitute trafficking in Nevada. Um, if you're charged for trafficking, you know, you really need to obtain counsel because the penalties are very harsh here. The good news with regard to narcotics laws in the state of Nevada is, although the laws themselves are very harsh, typically prosecuting agencies are fairly reasonable about negotiating resolutions in these cases. For example, um, one case that got a substantial amount of media attention was when Paris Hilton was arrested for possessing cocaine. And um, it was originally a felony charge. There was a lot of immediate media attention. Other celebrities and, and certainly a lot of people that aren't famous, you know, going to Nevada, specifically Las Vegas, to, to have a good time, to party, uh, and choose to engage in narcotic activity. Um, most often, although the penalties uh, are severe, um, for a simple possession of narcotics, it's very common to be able to negotiate a resolution that involves a plea to a misdemeanor offense so that uh, a fun time in Las Vegas on the weekend doesn't necessarily turn into a lifetime of uh, difficulty uh, and a, a felony record. I'm attorney Michael Becker with the Las Vegas Defense Group. If you or a loved one has been charged with a criminal offense in Las Vegas or throughout the state of Nevada, trust in me and my legal team to get your case dismissed or otherwise negotiate a resolution that causes minimal harm to you in your future. Chris is in New York City. Hey, Chris, how can we help? Hey, Dave, hey, Ken. Uh, great to be on the show. Thanks. How can we help? Yeah, um, uh, real quick, I just want to give a shout-out to my girlfriend, Maria Jose. She told me to call in. Um, reason I'm calling is because I've got a lot of friends who are buying into cryptocurrency and you know my investments are all in mutual funds like you recommend um and i'm hearing about you know bitcoin 
dog or dodge coin and all these other things. And I, I just wanted your thoughts on how to respond when people try to pressure you to invest into this stuff and maybe even get your thoughts on cryptocurrency in general. Okay. I wouldn't do it. Why? Because I think it's still very speculative. We've already seen big highs and big lows, and I think it's still rocky. I do think that crypto is coming to stay. I think right now it's a lot of speculation, and until it gets adopted and we start seeing businesses move that way, I'd I'd stay on the sidelines. And it's not a part of our investment strategy at Ramsey Solutions either. So there, there's that too, which Dave, you're far more versed in that well, than they, I am. But you know, I it's had an, it's had an incredible year. Yeah. People made a lot of money out this year, without yeah. a doubt. No question about that. Um, but they make a lot of money on cocaine, too. <laughs> That's um, right. And they make a lot of money on, uh, you know, playing futures. And they make a lot of money at, at the blackjack table. And they make a lot of money betting football. But these are not investment strategies. That's correct. These are, these are uh, things that you can jump into or jump out of that are uh, uber- unbelievable high risk Mm -hmm. and so the problem is is that people don't perceive the risk in bitcoin and it's there it's 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 a it's not it's not fully adopted they made a lot of money this year made a lot of money in gold a few years ago too and i'm telling people not to buy gold and all the gold bugs are going dave ramsey's an idiot he doesn't understand no dave ramsey completely understands i've lost my butt in a bunch of high risk investments over the years i quit doing it I don't like having to start over. It's too expensive. So if you want to start over, play crap that's high risk. If you don't want to start over, do what you're doing. But you're not going to convince friends who are making a bunch of money that they're stupid. Just let them be stupid and smile. It's okay. No, I'm here is because of that job. You feel what I'm saying? Also. So because my chief, uh, Chief Labot, shout out to him. He actually made us go to mandatory budget meetings, right? Mm. So I never wanted to go. This is my second one. I had to go, and he made us go, like, before going to our shift. So mm. before going home. So we did a whole shift, and afterwards, we had to stay to go to the budget meeting. Budget meeting. And what's going on in the budget in meeting? In a budget meeting, it's a guy. He's teaching you about how to budget your money and how to, you know, kind of keep the money coming in and save it and put it in the stock market, everything, right? Oh, I so didn't personal know. budget. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's he's you. a it's a black dude. He pull yeah. up. He pull up in that joint. He got the, the icy gold rings. He got his wedding ring. Is gold. The ring on the other side. Gold. Cool looking dude. OG. Yeah. Got a nice little suit on. When he step in, he say, uh, "Hey, he like uh, what's going on in the stock market today, guys?" And no, nobody raised their hand. He said, if I was in a room for a millionaire, everybody's hand would have been raised. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, he got me. He got me. Like, I ain't want to be there. And I was like, hmm, he got me. I'm, right. I'm tuning in now. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like the messenger. Like, we don't, before you know, like, you don't really know, like, it's not the, the message, it's the messenger. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't buying into him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when he said that, I'm buying in. I'm ready. I'm like, yo, this is. Jay Z talking now, right? So he had that swag about himself. So I, I bought in. So long story short, he goes into talking about uh, credit and you know how his son—he's buying a house for his son, like not buying it for his son. His son is buying a house. He's helping him, mm. and he's helping him get his first car and all this stuff. And he's just going. To, I'm telling him how, which cars to get. He has the option of anything, 
And I was like, how do you got all these options? Right. You know, he could just, I, I went to the lot. I was like, what can I get? Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Right, right. So he basically introduced me to the credit game. So what he did was he started saying all these things that I didn't know were possibilities. So when he tells me this, um, I was just like, I'm vulnerable. I got like a 400 credit score. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got a 400 credit score, bro. Like, I talked to him after. I said, I got a 400 credit score. And what do I do to switch up my sweat? Like, how can I start building it? And he was just like, he told me exactly what to do. And when I tell you I did it verbatim, so I'm going to tell you what he told me. He said, he said, um, go ahead and uh, get you a secure credit card. You know what I mean? Where you self-guarantee it. And it's going it's gonna probably be $200. Right. He said they're going to guarantee approve you because it's to help you build your credit. And he said, now have that for six months. Make sure you keep it under 30%. Pay it off early. Let it hit and pay it off early. It's going to reflect to your thing that you're using a revolving credit, right? And he said, after six months, they're going to send you an unsecured one. And that's exactly what happened. And they did it. And then they also increased my limit on the secured one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find out everything to do with credit because right. my credit shot up crazy. So my credit shot up crazy. I got a credit card. Now, did you open the door? That's my man. No okay. So, yeah, my credit shot up crazy. I go like, all right, dude, this dude, he got me hyped. I'm like, I got to find yeah. out everything about credit. So he basically turned me up. Like, so I'm finding out about credit, and now I got all of these abilities to do things. And I'm like, damn, um, I was tripping for years. Like, I should have been doing this. So this, like. How old were you at this point? I was like 25. 25. I'm 31 now. So that's what, before I, right before I jumped into this entrepreneurship yeah. swag, because I was like, all right. Hour, and then I seen, after I, I met this guy, I did what he said, I stayed with him to jail. But then I seen like a Steve Harvey commercial, I know everybody's seen it, when he's talking about, you never going, if you don't jump, you're never gonna be able to fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, when yeah, I tell you that, he spoke right to me. He spoke right to me, bro, so I, I was like, all right, I seen that, and then I just decided to jump, I ain't had no plan. So now my credit is up, right? I'm, uh, I'm like, you all say right. jump, you just quit I just the quit the job, I just quit the jail. I'm talking about, I was out of there, like, I, really? two, I gave him a two-week notice, and I ain't had no plan. I lied to him and told him I was going to go to school just so it sound better, just in case I did have to go back, right? <laughs> so, What I t- was your living situation at this point? I was living, uh, I was living in an apartment. I was, always got, I was always good. I was financially literate to a point, but I just didn't know about credit. Right. So I had some money. So according to like people with nine to fives, I was pretty straight. Gotcha. So I never was like, you know, struggling. Which is why anything. you don't have the habits now. Like, you don't necessarily, um, like, you're not the flashy guy. Nah, for you know what? what? I, under, I understand it. So, I've always been, like, I'm, I'm something wrong with me. That's what it is. <laughs> There's something wrong with me. So, look, I never really have vices and stuff. I don't smoke or drink. I never have. I've never been drunk. I've never been high, right? So, this also accumulates to women as well. I don't have bad habits giving spending money on women. Yeah. So, I was like, bro. So, before, when I'm watching the Steve Harvey thing, I'm like, why am I not rich? I was like, I don't got nothing holding me back from being rich, bro. Like, why am I not rich? So I, I just, you know, just started, invent, like, thinking about, like, I can do this. Like, I started believing in myself, which is clearly the, the all you need to do, really, to be For successful. Sure. You believe that you actually can do it. Because we hear no so much, we be like, Bro, not nah. so bar that, that probably just went over most people's heads. Man. Like, you- one, like, yo, the core foundation is, the belief that yo, I can, I can make some money. Right. I can, I can be rich. That's it. <clears throat> and once I started believing that, I went out and started going out of full throttle. So I quit. I was like, 
no plan. I said, I'm going to just drive Uber and Lyft in the meantime. I'm going to What's up? This your boy, Big Man. You already know what it is, man. So let's get right to it. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about YFN Lucci. Now, YFN Lucci just got into the news lately because of something not related to his other court case. Now, what I mean is he was sued by a rapper, him and PMB Rock to be exact, man. Now, the last time we checked in with YFN Lucci... He had just been released from jail after being charged with murder and a couple of other charges involving a shooting that took place in Atlanta, man. It was a real wild situation, and it's gone kind of quiet, man, because, you know, the folks, they were basically coming for Wyatt and Lucci, and they got him. He was arrested. I did several videos. They dropped a 911 call that led to, the, to his arrest. They also, man... Posted the fact that he was out on bond. It was a whole bunch of stuff going on with YFN Lucci last month. Or even, should I say, the month before that. Now, the last we heard of him, he got out. And now we're going to be talking about this court case. Now, in the court case, it looks like him and PNB Rock were being accused of taking somebody's song for their hit, Every Day We Lit. Now, YFN Lucci... And his camp has yet to say anything about this situation. But PNB rocking them got taken to court. And I'm going to tell you how it went. Not in their favor. Now, before we get into the specifics, do me a favor. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And man, let's get it. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about this YFN Lucci PNB Rock court case. Now, to be honest, it was more directed towards PNB Rock. Because in this story, it talks about the uh, fact that wife and Lucci might have already made some type of separate agreement for this situation. Now, it doesn't go into any specifics, but this is the case, man. So, there's a New Jersey rapper by the name of Rat Boy Cam. Now, Rat Boy Cam was suing PMB Rock and wife and Lucci. And he actually won the lawsuit. Now, the lawsuit was a copyright infringement case. And it was over the song, Every Day We Lit. Now, for those of you who don't know, YFN Lucci Man was on a tear for a while. He had a whole bunch of hit songs that came out, man. And Every Day We Lit was one of them. Now, it was featuring a Philadelphia rapper by the name of PMB Rock. Now, a lot of you might not be, you know, up on game about PMB Rock. Even though he's pretty significant in the hip-hop game around that time frame. You know what I mean? He's gone a little quiet since then. But, you know, during that time, he was really, really lit out here, man. No pun intended. Now, in this lawsuit, it was saying that PNB Rock and, and the producer June James had stolen from this New Jersey rapper, Rack Boy, now, Rack Boy had a song called Everything Be Lit. Now, just off the name, you could tell they're similar. Now, when I listened to both songs, I mean, I kind of heard what was familiar between the two, man, you know, the similarities. But it looks like, man, my opinion doesn't matter because a judge, I mean, basically awarded uh, Rack Boy 
$1.7 million in a judgment, man. Now, this is what it says in a complex article in the news. It basically says this. It says, in 2018 lawsuit, in a 2018 lawsuit, excuse me, Rack Boy argued that the song Every Day We Lit, on which the three aforementioned artists were featured, is deeply similar to his effort, Everything Be Lit. Earlier this month, Rack Boy's lawyer, Christopher W. Nero, secured a significant copyright infringement victory that netted his client over $1.7 million. Since an agreement was already reached with wife and Lucy, like we said earlier, and think it's a game records. The judgment was made against PMB Rock and the song's producer, June James. Now, this gets really interesting because it, the way that they split it up. So basically, in the judgment, they said this. He got over $1.4 million in cash, or he was granted $1.4 million in cash, and close to $268,000 in, in prejudgment interest. So a running and a running royalty plus cost and injunction against James and Allen's exploitation of the infringing work. Man, that sounds like they threw the book at PNB Rock in them, man. Because that yeah, that counts up to about 1.7 million. But then the running royalty and all that and interest, man, that's that's crazy, man. So dude took to social media, and a lot of people have been talking about this, right? i seen Say Cheese posted earlier. i seen a lot of different news sources posted. I think Complex News is the closest to this situation. But it looks like... A Category E felony in Nevada would include possession of narcotics, a second-time charge for peeping, solicitation of a minor for prostitution, or recruitment into a criminal gang. Most category E felonies would result initially in a sentence of probation, but uh, they could also result in a prison sentence of up to four years in the state prison. For record seal on a category E felony, you are eligible to seek a record seal seven years after completion of your sentence. Most people think of perjury as testifying falsely in a courtroom. But a lot of people don't realize, for example, when you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and you fill out your application for a driver's license, they ask you a lot of questions. Have you ever had a driver's license before? Have you ever had a driver's license in a different name? We're seeing a lot more prosecutions here in the state of Nevada for perjury in relation to uh, applications for driver's license due to the fact that our state recently has decided, starting in January of 2014, to give driver's license to undocumented aliens. And some of those people may have obtained some kind of ID previously um, under a different name or in a different state. And they come and they file for a driver's license in the state of Nevada. 
they provide a thumbprint or the state uses facial recognition technology to make certain that the applicant for a driver's license has never applied for a driver's license previously in a different name. And we're seeing a lot more of these prosecutions now when they can match someone up as having obtained a driver's license in a false name previous to a recent application. Um, hey, this is Matt Cox and welcome to The Grind. Today I'm gonna talk about uh, something the lot of guys have asked me about, which is uh, basically being on federal, it's federal probation, or I mean, in my case, it's called uh, supervised release. the way it works. Let's say you're convicted of a crime. Um, maybe you go to trial and you, you lose, and or maybe you plead guilty because you just can't go to trial. You're just that guilty. The truth is, even if you go to, even if you're not guilty and you go to, go to court, you're you probably got even if you, you could you could be just completely not guilty. You probably still have about a sixty percent chance of being found guilty, pro maybe even more. So let's say you you end up taking a plea, or you end up um, you end up getting found guilty at sentencing. So when after you've done your time. You, or your sentence, let's put it this way. Once you're sentenced, the judge will say, okay, you're going to get 10 years. But when you're released, you're going to do five years, basically prisoners call it um, paper. So, but it's basically, it's like, it's they'll call it supervised release. So you're going to get five years supervised release or three years supervised release or whatever your specific judge says you're going to get. And then when you're on paper, there are certain, there's, it's called the judgment and commitment. You're governed by your judgment and commitment and the person that's in charge of making sure you follow all the rules is your probation officer. So, in my case, I'm currently on what's called supervised release, and which is basically, it's just probation. You have a probation officer, it's just what they call it. Um, so, I'm on federal supervised release, and my judgment commitment says that, it, for instance, in my case, in my case, you know, I have to tell them, like, when I first got off, uh, I had to see a court-ordered um, therapist once, once a week. Uh, I also have to, because I owe restitution, I have, I have an annual uh, financial, af uh, financial affidavit that I have to fill out. Uh, every month I have to provide my bank statements for all bank accounts. I'm not allowed to take out new credit of any kind, no new credit cards, new credit lines, nothing like that, not without permission. 
Um, I have to notify them where I'm going to live. I have, I, it, for the first year or so, I had to do random, there were random urine tests, even though I don't have a drug case. I had to do random urine tests. So, uh, that lasted for about a year. And I also had to pay restitution because I owed almost $6 million in, in a re restitution. Because I had a bank fraud case. So, what happens, the way the restitution is paid back is this. My judgment and commitment says that the, the light is changing. It's because I don't have a ring light or anything with me. So, I'm using basically the TV as my light. And there's a commercial, so I'm changing colors. So I have to pay restitution per my judgment and commitment, and it's always different. It really just depends on what the judge says. And I know guys that owe five, ten million dollars, and the judge says you have to pay ten percent of everything you make um, over to the government to redistribute to your victims. Let's say, assuming you have victims. And in my case, my judge said that I have to pay $150 every single month, no matter what. Anything I make over $2,000 a month, I have to pay 25%. So if I make $2,000, I pay $150. If I make $3,000, I have to pay... $400. So I have to pay the $150 plus 25% of the extra $1,000. So that comes to $400. If I make $4,000 in a month, that means I have to pay the $150 plus 25% of the extra $1,000 or, or plus 25% of the extra $2,000. So that ends up being $650 I would have to pay every single, every month. And, and they also get to look at my bank statements and my credit report and those sort of things. For, for instance, when I first got out, I was able to buy a vehicle, but I wasn't able to get a, a loan. Um, later my car was falling apart and I had to go to my probation officer and I had to ask her if I could get a new loan. So they're going to be keeping it longer. So these people that are keeping their cars for three, four, five months. There's cars that I got that I haven't seen in months because they're using it out for either um, Uber driving or they just want the car longer. Some people might say, wait, why don't you just buy the car? Some people have cash flow gaps. They don't have a bunch of income all at one time, but they get paid every now they and then. They want a nice car, but they can't show the bank that they reason. make this type of money. That's another reason. They got, they got no proof got of income. You. No proof of income. Some people don't want a car in their name. Some people don't can't even get a car because their insurance, they can't get no insurance. They got a DUI before. They can't get any insurance. There's so many situations and circumstances people are in on why they need to rent a car. And I did research on all that, so I know who to serve. Mm. Some people say, well, I don't, I don't want to be on hire car. How can I get Uber drivers? There's a place where you can find, guaranteed to find Uber drivers sitting there chilling. Airport. 
go to the airport and say, hey, how much you paying for this this car that you got from Uber? Sometimes Uber provides cars for people mm-hmm. and charge them directly the monthly fee. Right. So you ask them, how much they charge you? And they charge me three eighty a month. I got a car that's better for you, better year, yeah. and I'm going to charge you $50 less. I'm about to ask my boy, because he, he actually drives for Uber. And ask him how much he's paying. I didn't know. Is situation. he driving his own car? Because if he's driving his own no, car. No, he got it from Uber. Yeah, see, find out. And oh. all you got to do is tell him. Well, I got a cheaper car for you. So if y'all can, y'all can, y'all can oh, hear this. We were live? Oh, we live. Say less. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, this is going to be good. Real quick. Um, you, you rent your car directly from Uber? Oh, would you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, are, are you in a are you in a ride right now or something? Uh-uh. Okay. I'm, I'm actually getting an oil change. So how much do you on on the car, the rental car the car you got from them? Um, I think the normal thing is like two twenty five a week, but I pay like um eighty a week. How'd you do that? Golly. Because I know somebody that um. Works there. I actually met somebody and got a little relationship with them. They gotcha. just, yeah, they just, they how just long, did something. I don't know. How long? How long were you paying two eighty a week though? Two, two twenty a week. I was. Yeah. It was like two twenty a week. That was when I had that black car. Remember a long time ago? I picked you up at Lexus. Yeah. How how long were you paying for that? Or how long did you do oh, that? Well, as long as you have a car. I actually wrecked that car. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> Yo, listen, I don't see that, but how how long did you have the car though? Um, I had that car for like uh, I think about four four months or something. Paying two twenty a week. Uh huh. So quick, eight eighty a month. Uh huh. Okay. How much you think that car though was? The actual car though was? That car though had to be nothing. 200. Goodness gracious. Okay. What, you, what are you saying? Was you, you saying like I was getting screwed? No, no. I'm just about to get a car and put it on Turo and rent it out to Turo drivers. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But it, the difference is um, the tour drivers, they just want to ride around in the car. Not Turo, I mean uh, Air, uh, Uber. My yeah, bad, Uber. Uber. Oh, Uber driver. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's Aaron? Aaron. I'm, Yeah. Oh. I don't say his name. Mr. Let Go yeah, in but, the building. Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, All, right, listen. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, so I'm about to get a car and put it on. Um, hire car. Put it on hire car So for Uber drivers uh-huh. to drive. You know a lot of drivers that do that, right? Do what? That uh, rent cars from from Uber and these other places to drive. Nah, uh, I don't know nobody. How'd you know? How'd you get it? How'd I get what? How'd you get your car to drive for rental on on Uber? Uh, Uber? They, yeah, they, um, they, they have the like, service. It's, it's a little advertising thing, and it's like three different companies that you can work with. Yeah, and gotcha. Then, um, they plug you in. Uh, then you just 
did that company, but I don't remember exactly the name of the company. It was like three different companies, and I just did it. And then, boom, yeah, but after a certain amount of time, I gained a relationship with somebody, so I don't really pay nothing. Gotcha. I just gotta, cause I ain't gotta pay insurance. Like I ain't gotta pay for this oil change. I ain't gotta do nothing. Mmm, I like that. Like, I like that. Cause overall, eighty dollars a week. Um, That's probably somebody that bought their car. It just, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cause the thing about it, just like I said, I wrecked one of their cars, and I just went and got another one. <laughs> right, insurance. Oh, you you said you still have the other car? No. What? Oh, you, only, you, oh, you only drive the one, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, for sure, for sure. All right, cool. All right, that's that's all I needed. I appreciate Had, like, a long way to go before you reached your peak. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I had no clientele. You okay. Know, I had no clientele. And um, it, it took a while. It took maybe six months to build, to build trust in the community and to build clientele. So thousands of these credit cards you're literally taking these little holograms and you're physically like placing them on each of these credit each cards one, with your hands like one. hand by hand yeah, each one each credit card each shit, each card how long does that take how long does it take to do one card oh i had it down i could, I could print one card in less than five minutes i could print I could everything print, print I could, it stick everything onto it yeah well yeah see I would already have all the I would already have all the the templates lined up in Photoshop. Okay. Like ready to go. All my windows open. Bam, 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 bam. You know what I mean? And then I would load maybe like ten or fifteen cards in the printer, mm-hmm. and I would be like, okay, print in sequence. Print one. Print two. Print three. Print four. Print five. So then it would it would run out all the cards. Print them front and back. You know okay. what I mean? It would put the put all. And the, the only thing I really had to do myself was emboss and do the hologram. So I would have to physically place the hologram myself and use a heat press to adhere it to the plastic. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to, to to manually emboss the card myself. And this is before I got the auto embosser, where I could just throw them in and do a batch, and it would you know run a 50 or 100 at a time. Damn. Yeah. So when I got down, when I got really efficient at it, I could maybe do 100 cards in an hour. About an hour. I could print. Hologram and emboss about a hundred. So you're making close to a hundred, a thousand cards in a day. Yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm cranking away, but then you know sometimes you have problems. Mm-hmm. The printer starts gets too hot and starts fucking melting cards and printing mm-hmm. shit sideways. You know, so you've yeah. always got little issues. Right. Yeah, like that you got to deal with. But yeah, I could do a thousand cards in a day. What's the most cards day? that you did in a day? You think that I've manufactured in one day? Mm-hmm. I think I've done about 800, six, between six and 800 in wow. one day, you know, on a good day. If mm-hmm. everything was going right and I had mm-hmm. all my equipment operating mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. Okay. So how did you start getting this, getting this out there on, on online or on these black market, on these, uh, um, on the dark web and start getting customers to buy shitloads of them? Yeah. So, so the, initially the first, uh, Carter forum that I was on. I went ahead and I just made my first post. Here I am, new vendor. Right. Um, here's my product. You know, you post pictures. It's like a whole, well, it was like a whole thing, not anymore. And then, you know, I would get maybe like one or two orders a month, mm-hmm. you know. And then once those orders came in and like people started leaving positive feedback, it just kind of snowballed after that. And then I remember the day 
because I would only get maybe one or two orders, but I remember the day I woke up and I checked, I think I checked one of my emails and I had 15 or 20, 20 orders waiting for me and I couldn't believe it. How much per, how much? A thousand dollars. One order is a thousand dollars? Yeah. For how many cards? A uh, hundred. A hundred cards. Yeah, it's $20 a card, a hundred cards, two drivers, or you get, I'd make IDs for you, however many you wanted. And then I would do, I think it was like a hundred cards embossed. Everything encoded, numbers. And IDs? And IDs. <coughs> yeah. Holy but shit. But I wouldn't make 100 IDs. Obviously, I'd make like two or three. Okay. You know, or whatever they, whatever they wanted. But, it, I mean, you know, so there, there was a cap on that. So the IDs have to obviously correspond with the credit cards? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because say you go to a store and you make a purchase, um, and it's over like three or $400, uh, like a lot of stores, like people don't realize this, but a lot of stores, like say Best Buy, you go mm-hmm. to Best Buy, if you make a purchase over $300, they ask, physically ask for your card. Mm-hmm. And they physically take your card and they, they go on their POS machine. Now their POS machine, the point of sale service machine, won't let them process the sale unless the four digits on the front of the card match what's actually encoded to the card. Mm. So it's like a it's like a security step. So what they do is they take the card and they punch the numbers into the computer, because you've already swiped it. So they're going to punch these numbers in, and if these numbers in the front of the card don't match what's being swiped, it's automatic fraud. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to have the corresponding plastic to match the to match the numbers, and you have to have the ID because they're going to ask for for ID because a I don't have the people's pin number, so you're not processing it as debit. You always have to process it as credit, even though it's a debit card. Got it. So they have to have ID. When you process anything for credit, they always ask for ID, always, especially if it's a big purchase. Right. You know. Huh. Louis Vuitton, you go to Louis Vuitton and try and buy a, a $2,000 handbag on a credit card, they're going to ask you for ID. Right, right. 1,000%. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if you even if you go in there looking the part, they're still mm-hmm. going to ask. They always ask for ID. Right. You know. So you have to have the ID to match the card. Everything mm-hmm. has the jive, the numbers. Okay. Everything has the to to be coherent. Okay, so is there a minimum number of cards they had to buy for one order? So is the minimum a hundred card? Minimum 100? it was a thousand dollar minimum order. Okay, so it was a hundred cards, and 